0: So, you know, the thing about this time of year, I think I mentioned this, I don't know, sometime in the last week or two I mentioned this, that holiday celebrations that people have, um, Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving you know, so much is put into the moment or the weekend or the week of, of, of a celebration like that, maybe even the month leading up to it, There's so much about it. And then today after the service and after this evening and people are done, maybe you give gifts on Easter, you do whatever, um, nothing wrong with any of those things. But but what Easter represents, what this time of year represents is what you and I need living in our heart year round, not something that ends. When it's Christmas time, and and what Jesus did, what God did in sending His Son, and He was a baby and lived a life. You, you know, it, it's a whole package deal. You know, His conception, how that happened, His His birth, His life, His death, His decision to die that He made in the Garden, His decision to die. His death, His burial, His resurrection, His ascension at the right hand of the Father. All of it's a package deal and it needs to be something in our heart that we're reminded of all the time. Not just something, you know, that we think about what Easter is to us you know, during this season. I mean, celebrate it with everything you got. You know, have a great time, but don't let the true meaning of it end with this day. Can you say amen to that? Amen? A purpose... I, I, I ask you, and I say this to you, to purpose in your own heart and life to realize that that resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ has empowered you to be able to overcome anything you face. I don't care what it is, and every one of us face things every day in our life, but he, from the littlest to the largest, to the, the, the most severe things, to the, the real... Small, insignificant, supposed insignificant things that, you know, we wouldn't want to bother God with. No. He's empowered you to overcome all of those. Amen? And we're so grateful today and so grateful to God for what has been accomplished through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So today, we're ending our little series that we've had entitled Raised to Life. And uh, I want to read John chapter 3. And start with verse 14. And as, Moses <clears throat> and as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. We've been talking these, this, this third week that we've been talking about the true meaning of eternal life. Um, we all think we know what eternal life is, but I never want to take things like that for granted, and, and so this, in this series, as we've been talking about it, I, I really hope and pray that you go back and you listen to these messages and allow the understanding of eternal life to go deep in your heart. It says that whoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. Verse sixteen: For God so loved the world, that you and I, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, <clears throat> but have everlasting life. First Timothy two and verses five and six. I really like this passage because, to me, it goes kind of it connects with the verses I just read. First Timothy two five and six says. For there is one God, and there's one mediator between God and men. Who? The man Christ Jesus. You know, in the world we live in today, it's, you know, and and as I say this to you over and over again, don't, don't shove Jesus down people's throats. We don't have to. Let God and Jesus and what he's accomplished stand on its own but you have to believe it to be in in situations where you can give account of the fact that He's the only one. There is not a plethora of paths to heaven. I want to say it again. There is not a plethora of different paths to heaven. There's a book out there that, that some of my family members have read that all roads lead to heaven. Listen to me. If you meditate on that truth long enough, I don't care what you think you believe, you will talk yourself out of it because no one wants to see a side of God that would allow people to go to hell. People don't want to see that side of God. Didn't say he was sending them to hell. They chose to go to hell. And, and I, feel like, <clears throat> I feel like it needs to be addressed a little bit today just to, to be talked about because you can't understand what He did if you don't understand some other things. And, and I want to look at that today. And let me finish this passage here. He said, For there's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. What's that due time? Today. Tomorrow. Many days ahead. There's a judgment day for all mankind for that day, but it's every day. Why? Because we live, if if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've been born a second time, and we talked about, The story of Nicodemus and Jesus in in our first message in the series. How he could not mentally understand how a person would go back in his mother's womb and be born a second time because he was trying to figure it out from a natural perspective. But it says in the passage of Scripture, those who are born of the flesh is one way. Everybody sitting in here today was born of the flesh. If you get born a second time, it's your choice. But we have to believe that. I have to believe that. I have to be willing to teach what I'm teaching to you today so that you can have the information to make the choice. My message is not to make you make the choice. My message is to give you clarity to be able to see clear to make the choice. Did you hear me? After you hear this today, you don't want to listen to it anymore? You want to cast it aside and, 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 and not believe the things that we're talking about? Because all I'm telling you is what he says is so. That's why we always read so many scriptures, because I'm not just giving you my opinion. I'm telling you what it says, and then I'm giving you what I believe it says to me, and then I'm giving it to you so that you can take what you hear and you decide for yourself. You have to make the decision. You can't believe it just because I said it. You have to hear what I said, but then you have to process it and know that it's true for you. Amen. So, what he gave us, we see from these passages of Scripture, the mediator between God and man is the man Christ Jesus who ransomed us and back in John 3 says that he gave us eternal life. And eternal, eternal life is the life of God. Eternal life is not just existing in life. Existing is not life. You're just going through the motions on a day-to-day basis. That, that's not life. Listen to me. When you die, when you leave this physical body... You do not cease to exist. You will live forever. If you're not born again and you leave this body, the Bible says now you're separated from God who is life. You don't cease to exist. You separate from the life source. You don't accept him in this life. On this planet, and, and people, many people have asked me the question, well, if somebody didn't know, then God's still just going to send people to hell. He doesn't send people to hell. He's a righteous God. I don't know how it all balances out in the end, but I just know this. You don't accept him. Whatever, whatever chances that there has to be given, he's a just God. He, he didn't create hell for people. He created hell for the devil and his demons. If a person goes to hell, the only reason, not because of the mistakes they've made, not because of the present, quote, sins that they have in their life today, it's because you don't believe and have faith in the second birth. And what is the second birth? It's Jesus. <laughs> you don't believe in Him. Only thing, only thing, only thing, sin If sin keeps you out of heaven, then we're all doomed to hell. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Did we, have we not? Everybody has, okay? But today, I'm not just an old sinner trying to make it just existing and hoping, you know, at the the end, he's going to let me in the pearly gates. No, you can have confidence, not in pride, but you can have confidence. Old things are passed away. I'm living today. I'm not an old sinner just saved. I was a sinner, now I'm born again. Now, he said I'm right in him. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Understanding that and getting a better clarity and revelation of that is what empowers me to be able to receive it and live that life of God now, not being separated. Listen to me. If you're born again today, get this. Gosh, it just gives me chills when I think Just think about this. If you're born again today, you will never be separated from God, from the life of God, ever. If you're born again today, you will never be separated from God. Somebody said, well... What if I got born again and I just decided to tell God I didn't want to be saved anymore? I don't know. I can't answer that one. But if that's what you're going to do, then you want to go to hell and you want to live in eternity in darkness, have, have, have at it. I, I mean, I can't stop you, you know. I mean, I've had somebody ask me that question. And I'm thinking, what a dumb question. <laughs> huh? We're talking about the life of God. We're talking about the existence of God in our lives. I'm telling you, if you are born again, you will never be separated from God, ever. If you're not born again, you're already separated from the life of God, and there's no day like the present to become born again. Woo! Someone shout amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, no matter what you've watched in movies and you've heard other people say or whatever, When you leave this planet, it ain't over. Okay? I'm going to say it again. It's bad English, but I'm going to say it like that because you'll remember it. When you're done here, it ain't over. The moment you were conceived, you live forever. You exist forever. I'll say that. Because the opposite of the presence of God is not living. It's existing in torment. And that place is real, and it's no place for any of humanity. First Timothy 2 and verse 4 says that he desires all to be saved and for every saved person to come to the knowledge of the truth now, today. And it says it pleases Jesus that we pray for people in that passage of Scripture, that we pray for people, that, that, that we embrace him, but it pleases him that all be saved, all accept the sacrifice that he made for all of humanity, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's where we have to come day by day. I'm going to say this thing about heaven and hell, and then I'm going to press on. Hell is hell because of who's not there. Hell is hell because of who isn't there. Who's not there is who? Life. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father. They're not in hell. God's presence, His life presence isn't there because hell wouldn't be hell if life was there. Because what's in hell is death and destruction. And And beyond that, more than we can even fathom, is there. Heaven is heaven... Because of who's there. And because he's there, there's life. There's joy. There's peace. There's patience. There's compassion. There's long-suffering. There's everything that God is. The, The nature of God is present in heaven. And heaven is heaven because of who's there. And heaven, if you're born again, is in you. Heaven is in you because heaven is heaven because of life. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that lives on the inside of you. He left the comforts of heaven to come to this earth, to the poverty of this earth, that we would be blessed and rich and overcoming and overpowering in every situation because of him. He brought heaven to earth. And now you and I have the ability to embrace all of heaven when? Now. Not just then. Thank God for them. Everybody say, heaven is a real place. Amen. I know it's my destination. When, when, When I'm done with this suit, not this suit, but, you know, this suit. When I'm done with this suit, face to face with him. He wants it to be a A transition, I mean, there's no way it'll be a natural transition. We're going from here to there. You understand? But the more we connect with him and we understand him, the transition will be more of a natural thing. Because we understand him here now. And that's what I want to finish my message with. About understanding that eternal life now. Right now. So, heaven, like I said, is heaven because of who's there and all that's there. Well, the heaven-hell perspective is actually here on earth. And the decision is made by you and me individually how we want to live the rest of our time on earth. On earth, you can be born again and live a life like you're living in hell. Or you can be born again connecting to God all the time, having reconnections with Him in different times and seasons of your life, but staying with Him and developing that relationship so that here on earth, you're living a life like heaven on earth. See, the difference in your life here and your life on the other side is there's no resistance to your faith on the other side. See, over here there's great resistance to our faith. And the resistance to our faith, he's already taken care of if we'll learn to understand him from his perspective in the Word. If I learn to understand him from his perspective, then I realize what he's given me and the tools he's given me to be able to overcome the resistance that's out there. There's a devil that's out there that has been totally defeated and annihilated. Not annihilated, he's defeated. But yet all the the authority, not the authority that he has, but the access he has into our life is through lies. Getting us to believe that what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears, how we feel in our physical bodies is more real than what God has promised. And that's all he has. I'm telling you today, he doesn't have anything else. He has no upper hand on any of humanity, saved or unsaved, except what they give him. The unsaved, he, he has access into their life because of their lack of understanding. Born again people... He has access in their life because they're born again, but they don't choose to develop a lifestyle where they renew their mind, so they change their thinking to think like God. Because the day you got born again, your thinking didn't change. I mean, it started to. But all the processes of the past, they hang around. And so it's a lifelong journey, which is really a, If you think of eternity and the short little time that we live on planet Earth, This is just like a pit stop. Hmm? This is like a little pit stop. Going into the pits, changing tires and changing this and changing the way I think. and (laughs) On to the rest of our life. Listen to me. If you're born again, you will never be separated from life. Never. Why would we want to be separated from life? I just want life to become more real to me today than ever before. I want to understand it in a greater way than I've ever known it. In John John 16, I want to read this verse in John 16, the last verse of John 16, and the first three verses of John 17. Jesus said this, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. So the next passage, part of that passage, he said, In the world you have tribulation. So worry and fret and be anxious all the time. Even though I've overcome the world, you need to fret. I told you this last Sunday, and I'm going to say it again. I've come to a place of a series we're doing on Wednesday night concerning words in your life or keys that unlock the treasures of this life. And after 44 plus years of salvation, I've come to this place where I realize I don't have to worry about anything. I see in the New Testament five times where in so many words he said, be anxious for nothing. Do not take the care of anything. And that wasn't a suggestion. It's a command. I Don't have to worry, fret, be anxious, upset about anything in life. Did I say that the potential to be that way never will come again? If you hear somebody say that, it's a lie. But I don't have to take it. Why? He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world and that means I gave you, he said, I gave you my peace in that same passage there early on he said I gave you my peace not not some conditional peace my peace your peace was on me and I gave you my peace so now in this life I don't have to fret be anxious or anything I can be at peace in every situation That's my desire That's my goal, to live my life. Do I have to fret every single day of my life? Do I ever have to fret ever again for the rest of my life? I see in the Scripture, no, but i got to know Him. I have to stay connected to Him. I have to realize that my ability to accomplish that is in Him and not in myself. John 17 and verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you've given me authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given And this eternal life, this is eternal life. Here's the definition, the biblical definition of eternal life. And this is eternal life. This is eternal life. That you may know, that that you may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The true definition of eternal life is that you may know Him. Many people know about Him, but knowing about Him is not knowing Him. The ability to live worry free is to embrace what this day represents, what He accomplished in this day the death, the burial, the resurrection, actually the choice to die and go through it, then the torture, the mutilation literally to the point that he wasn't even recognizable. He was so beat up and, and bruised for our iniquities and, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes were healed. That torture that he went through, he was even, the Bible says he was unrecognizable. And what did he do? He gave us Life eternal that starts when? Starts, it starts now, and it starts for you and I individually the day that we accept it. Even though it's, it's there for us, it's, already, it's a packaged thing. He already intended for you to have eternal life with Him. He set it up that way, but you have to choose. It's very hard for people to see that side of God that he would allow people to make the wrong choice. It's hard for people to see God that way. But he set it up that way, or it wouldn't say what we're reading right here. This is eternal life that you may know him, the only true God. Everybody said the only true God. That's what he said. There's only one God. There's only one true God. And it's the God of the Bible. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, there's only one true God. The three are one. The three are one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. They're one. They're three. They have each individually have responsibilities. But they're one. And there's no other. Right here we see that there's no other. An eternal life, you and I living forever, is tied to this right here. It's tied to me believing that right now. And when I believe that consciously, on purpose, every day, it empowers me to experience that life now and forevermore. It's not me having the expectation that it'll happen on the other side. God wants it happening now. That's why we receive him now. Today, if you're not born again or maybe you've made a confession before in your life and you're confused about it, man, there's no reason for a person to be confused about whether they're saved or born again or not. They can can know clearly that they're saved. No matter... If you've accepted Jesus, you're forgiven before you screw up. And I said it like that because that's what they are. They're screw-ups, things we do that we shouldn't do. You're forgiven before you do it. And the more you understand that, why would you want to keep that? Because the, he, he, he made the choice for you so you could know him. And and it's not just meeting him. It's not knowing about him, just shaking hands with him. It's knowing him, having an intimate relationship with him, knowing who he is. And when you have that, then you can make the choices. Don't ever let anybody force you to believe something that you're not sure about. Ever. I did at different times in my life. But I'm saying today, no, I'm going to know what I believe Because I have the Holy Spirit whose job is to reveal all truth to me. So I can know the truth about everything. Every situation, I can know the truth. And the more I get to know him and understand him, the more I'm on the receiving end of those things. That's where we want to be. We want to be receiving from him, not trying to think we understand him. I'm shocked sometimes at the people... That try to be an authority about God, and they—they don't—they wouldn't know God if they saw Him walking down the street with a sack on His head saying, "I'm God." I mean, the people—I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, I, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, if you're a if you're a doctor and you know everything about being a doctor, you know. I'm not going to come to you. I have no education regarding being a doctor. I've got some understanding about the body and that kind of, but very little. I'm not going to come and act like I know things and try to tell you things about the body when you have all the understanding of it. Just shut up, right? Why would I say things like that? With so many people that think they know God, but, they, but there's only, what, what do we read today? There's only one God. Some of you may have never heard this before in your life, but I'm telling you, there's only one God. And there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Jesus Christ. There's only one Savior. There's not a a plethora of Saviors. There's one Savior. Today represents what he did. He liberated all of humanity where they had been 4,000 years in bondage because of what Adam and Eve, you know, allowed to happen in the Garden of Eden. And for 4,000 years, humanity was in bondage. But today... For the last two thousand plus years, humanity has been in freedom, whether they know it or not. And the more we know Him and we understand Him, the more we're able to embrace that. Can you say Amen? So, look at this passage real quickly in First John. I'm almost done. First John chapter one and verse one. First John 1 John 1:1 You need to hear these verses of scripture. That which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we've looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the father And was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. How is that joy full in our lives? With our continuation of knowing him our continuation of embracing eternal life. Embracing this, this life that happens the day that you get born again, it, 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 it goes into motion. It's already there, but it goes into motion in your life when you make that decision to receive him. There are many people that actually on this, in, in this planet need to rededicate their life to the things of God. There's many people around the planet. Maybe they were saved at a certain time. Maybe they're not sure about whether they're saved. Listen, if you don't believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and the things that I'm telling you today, if you don't really believe that, a confession won't save you. You have to believe it. You have to choose to believe what the Bible says. That's what's so difficult for people. That's where the difficulty comes in. It's simple. Salvation is simple. Living for God is simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy because it's a fight. There's constant resistance coming against you, trying to tell you, yeah, but how could that be true? How could a God of love do something like that? Or how could a God of love allow somebody to perish and go to hell? Because they chose to. And if they didn't have any understanding, then he's faithful. I don't know how that all balances out. Did you hear what I said? But God is faithful. God's not sending people to hell. This This is a different type of message than what I usually preach. But I feel like God told me this needs to be said. It has to be said. Because God wants you filled up to overflowing with the joy of the Lord joy of the Lord. This last passage that I want to read is found in Philippians 3 and verse 10. <clears throat> and after the, after the Apostle Paul had gone through all that he had gone through and the things that he had dealt with in life, a um, very educated man came to his experience on the Damascus Road, spent many years renewing his mind and, and learning what, The faith in Jesus Christ was truly all about. Spent many years developing that in himself before his earthly ministry began. And then as he walked through many, many, many things, he said, many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but he said, my God delivers me and us from all of them. He delivers us from all of them. Because why? He had faith in Jesus Christ. He had a relationship with God Almighty. And this is the thing that he said, and this is what I'm giving you and leaving you at the end of this message today. This is how you carry on day to day, right here. This passage right here shows us the way the Apostle Paul carried on, and it's the way you and I have to carry on. And he said this in verse 10, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. In other words, understanding what he went through for me is what he's saying right here. It by any means, if by any means, I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfect, but I press on. Everybody say, I press on. The key to victory in your life, in this life, is you don't quit. Everybody say, press on. on. We press on. Press on toward what? He tells you. He said, But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And I'm going to just explain that in a moment as I finish this passage. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. One thing I do. One thing I do. Everybody say one thing. Put your finger up. He didn't say 15 things, he said one thing. This is what he did to overcome in every situation. He didn't leave the planet till he was finished. He overcame. The Bible says the Apostle Paul was in deaths often, (laughs) they stoned him. Thought he stoned him to death in the middle of the street one day and he's preaching the next. One thing I do. He said, one thing. Everybody say it again. Put your hand up. One thing. One thing. He said, one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching toward those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What did he press toward? He pressed toward eternal life. See, eternal life is not getting born again. It is, but it's the rest of it too. What he pressed toward is what eternal life has to do with today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and in heaven. I'm going to say it to you again. If you're born again today, you will never be separated from the life of God, from eternal life. You'll never be separated because death in this life is not ceasing to exist. Death is separation from life. And today we can rejoice because Easter represents his resurrection he ascended upon high 40 days later. He sat down at the right hand of the, of the Father. He sat down, and he said what? It's finished. It's done. And you know what? God's never lifted another finger. No matter what you go through or what happens, no, he's already got it all set up. All your victory is already out there. You just have to know him. You have to know him that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, that I may attain to that resurrection and what it produced for me. produce life, eternal life. And in eternal life is peace and joy and health and healing and prosperity and, and passion and love and compassion and everything, long-suffering and self-control and, I mean, all of it. It's all there. It's a package thing. Anything that is good is in that package. We're here to receive from him today. Can you say amen? We are here today to receive all that he has done for us. I want to say this to you. I I, I don't know why I have to say this, but I have to say it kind of an uncomfortable thing but I have to say it. I have to say this I wasn't going to say it I put it in my notes as a reminder at the bottom of my list and, and I wasn't going to say it I got through towards the end of the message I was thinking I wasn't going to say it but I feel like God told me to say it it's not that big of a deal but I'm just saying somebody's going oh my God what is he going to say or oh my gosh what is he going to say People that contemplate suicide don't know what eternal life is. I got born again about two months before I turned 18 years old. Knew nothing about God. Lived a life on drugs and Alcohol and whatever. I I just, we did. You can, you, you, you can imagine it. I probably did it because this is what everybody else did. Knew nothing about God, nothing. I thought about taking my life probably every day. I have friends that have taken their life, but I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to make sure that people know about this life. It's eternal. And when you know this life, suicide's not an option. Listen, don't don't judge anybody that's ever thought that. I, I, I thought about it every day because I didn't know God. People that are born again that, that contemplate it it 's because they don't understand the power that is in eternal life what is available to them or you wouldn't contemplate I mean I mean every one of us have had horrible days I didn't say thoughts don't come across your mind you 're not held accountable for the thoughts you have but what you do with the thoughts I used to think about when I thought about committing suicide I used to think about who'd come to my funeral I used to laugh about it when I think about it now think of all the people on planet earth that have suffered that agony and feeling that way about yourself that you want to take your own life I was looking at a st- statistic of how many suicides around the planet have happened during COVID. Staggering. I had no clue. I just thought, I wonder what, wonder what those numbers would be. They're huge. Huge. I don't even want to put the percentages out there. It doesn't matter, but it's huge. Why? Because people don't know about eternal life. Whew no matter how bad it gets in life, no matter what comes against you in life, if you're born again, He's there. And He's not just there allowing things to happen to you. He is there to help you overcome. I don't know why God set it up that He is not the doer. Well, how are things going? Well, you know, just, just waiting for God to do this, that, and the other. He's already done it all. Now we have to learn how to let him help us do. You have small children? He won't raise your children for you. But the Holy Spirit is the helper, and he'll help you raise your children. And I promise you, you want his help. When it comes to raising kids, you want the help of the Holy Ghost. But you have to learn how to develop that kind of a relationship. That's why we teach all the series that we teach around here, and we've done it for 32 years. Because people have to know how to live this life. So they don't contemplate things like suicide they think every day about how good things can be and how better things can be and how i can overcome the next thing or the next thing we have to come to that place where we get in the flow of that and it takes time to do it i said it's simple this life is simple the christianity is so simple most people miss it but it isn't easy cuz if it, it was easy they'd already made a multi-level marketing you know organization out of it no it's not easy Today is the first day of the rest of all of our lives. Today is. It's the first day of the rest of our lives. And if you are not born again, if you don't have eternal life residing inside of you where you know it, and you you may have been somewhere, somebody kind of rushed you up to the front of a church or some place or whatever, and you made a confession out of your mouth, but... If that confession was not made from belief, it doesn't create born again. You're not saved. I wish you were, but you're not. People ask me all the time, do you you believe that people can lose their salvation? No, I don't. Not people that truly, genuinely get saved. I feel like a lot of people through the years have not really gotten born again because they just don't believe. But the things that I told you today you can believe him right this minute, and you can accept Jesus as your Savior today. You can be born again today. And like I said earlier, it may be a day when you need to rededicate your life to understanding what eternal life is and its benefits for your life from today on.